This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, my five-year-old daughter graduated preschool this morning, so uh, I got to sit through a little ceremony there. I know that's a you know kind of a conversation with society celebrating a daughter you know graduating. What kind of presents you get someone that age? But whatever, it's cool. It's my first time, so I'm going to be excited about it. But uh, you've already gone through that, I'm guessing, obviously, right? I did. It was actually kind of sad because uh, I knew that like last year in Portugal, Heather. She thought Sasha was going to go back to the same school, but I knew she wasn't because it was like a baby school, and I knew she needed to go to a bigger school, but we just didn't know which one. So mm-hmm. it's a long story. I don't want to get into it, but she didn't like do the graduation thing at the ceremony, even though her like younger friends did. It was very yeah. sad. And then I told Heather, I was like, just make her jump the rope and this other thing they all did. So she kind of did it, but it was sort of lame because it was after everybody. And of course, she was graduating. She never went back. Right. So you know, we got deprived Actually, of that, yeah. but... You know, I didn't think your daughter would make it. I didn't think she would graduate from kindergarten. Oh, it's a minor miracle. I didn't even have to pay off the teachers yet. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, baby steps here. We'll see if she can make kindergarten. But uh, so that's what I was doing with today. And, you know, it is funny. You actually do get like attached to their teachers. I drop her off every every morning and it's like suddenly they'll just be completely out of their life and someone that was so influential. So so uh, other than that, uh, let's very go sad, sports man. wise. It's very sad. It's a very sad thing that the preschool teachers, you know, we had – we, we put Sasha at daycare when she was six months old to this woman, Jen, because a friend of ours already used her who had an older daughter. And like, so she had her like three days a week from when she was six months, and I think it was four days a week at the end, to two and a half. So those were like some pretty right. big Huge. years. And yeah. I was like, it was sad when we took her out of that place. It was like a very nice place for a kid to be. There were only like four, five kids there. And then again, when we left for Europe, she was in two years in this other school. And like, this teacher right. was like crying, you know, that like used to know her. It's very sad. You, you never see because them again. So, and they're so important in what they're doing. Yeah, You're yeah, lying. Yeah. They're taking over something. The most important uh, yeah. item that you have, right. they're taking over. So yeah, and then you'll never see him again. So I thought you were mocking me at first, but it no, is no, sad. No, no, I'm not okay. mocking you. It's very sad. It's like right. a thing where you're like, this person who every day you saw with your kid that was such a formative part of your life, right. is just right. gone for good. Like, that's over. Sure. And you can sure, try. Yeah. Like Heather tries to keep in touch, but you know, I mean, you never do. You know. Yeah, I know you try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, she's going to a different school completely too. So so my my case, it'll be like that. So obviously, I'm going to talk about the Warriors. That was pretty crazy. Um, I that's bullshit. went to Game Six. That's bullshit. That's a bullshit went, series. Fucking bullshit. I went to Game Six. They were down 17. I, and I know. Was like, Are you fucking Chris Paul got hurt. The whole thing is fucking fake. It's fucking fake. Yeah, the NBA is so such bullshit. Talk- there's, that sucks that Paul got hurt, and I'm not going to sit yeah. here and see the Warriors for sure would have won if he'd stayed healthy or something. Obviously, the Iguodala injury is a problem. If you should see the, the plus-minus with him on the court versus off versus LeBron, these last three finals, obviously before uh, Kate, you know, KD was only one of those, but they're massive. So maybe the, the Cavs have a slighter, bigger chance than the odds suggest, which is just crazy, the odds. are like, I think minus 1,200 is the series. Like That's absurd yeah. Yeah. considering the best player ever is the opponent. 
Yeah, I so, hope LeBron goes like 50, 30, and 20 every game and fucking sweeps their asses. I hate that fucking team. The fucking team signed yeah, Durant. That was such fucking nutless monkey shit. They're already a dynastic, like record-setting wins team. Well, literally won. the year after they won 73 games. Literally the year after. Yeah, and they, they signed like, you know, and Durant, like what a nutless monkey. Like you couldn't win it with Westbrook, you know? Like Harden's trying to win that shit with Chris Paul, you know? I mean, Chris Paul's like 32 years old now or something. I mean, he's too old. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it sucks that he got hurt. Honestly, it does suck. Because I really want to. Like, why does the NBA have fucking twenty series? Like, why does sixteen teams make the playoffs and like the fucking playoffs take two months? Well, what's also super weird is that the NBA they, they made a big point of not having uh, many games four four games in five nights, uh, right. fewer back to backs. Uh, they spread out the postseason last friggin' two months. Yet the most important games of the season, the conference finals games five, six, and seven, were just one day breaks. Right. It was absolutely crazy. There would be four day breaks. In round one, just because they were traveling. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. That's why they did it. They did it just for the ratings. They don't give a shit. The whole thing's so fucking stupid. There should be 60-game seasons, 55-game seasons. There should be, you know, only 12 teams make the playoffs. There's like a wild card round and then like a quarterfinals. The whole fucking first round of playoffs is a total waste. And it's yeah. like these guys, they play like all year round. Their careers are shorter. They sit back-to-backs. The whole, the whole league is like half-assed. And they can't walk it back because now they're so dependent on the money that they, you know, they got from it. But I think long term, they, sh- they kind of made a big mistake. And, you know, it's just a waste when you see, like, key players. They're out in every year. It's like the other year, like, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were out in the final. Like, you know, it's, know, like, know. it's like, what the fuck is the point of the ultimate thing when the regular season is basically like an extended preseason for most teams, for the teams that are going to qualify anyway? And then the playoffs are like a war of attrition where half the guys are hurt. And then fucking Durant nutless monkey that he is signs with golden state and then it's like worse than lebron wade and and bosh it's like you know you've got these teams it'd be fine i actually think what the celtics did that 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 little error they had with with garnett and pierce was okay because they were they were older so it was like people were doubtful of it i mean it's like at the gym you've been to a gym playing basketball you probably never have have you support for this podcast comes from u.s bank when you're looking for a credit card get one that wins awards the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yes. Okay. I played some pickup hoops. And then, and like, there's, like, three dudes who are, like, the best three dudes are all dunking and shit, and they, like, decide to play together on the same team so they never have to get off the court. It's like, they, like Yeah, the, we do. You're right. You see we that usually, shit. And they just stay on the court. Speak. Yeah, you know, we we usually do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you right. You're you're the you're not on that team, dude. Trust me. Yeah, unless oh the the midget team that you play. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. But no. But seriously, like was, you know, that's like bad form. And we used to do that. Like we used to play pickup. And right. like if if one team was like rolling like more than like three four games in a row, they would split it up. They'd be like, okay, let's break this shit up a little bit. No, I. I hear you. And even to go to further that, uh, the Warriors, the, the, the lucky breaks they have gotten in, in the postseason, some would say I, I wouldn't. But uh, catching these teams that, that have been injured, you know, Whoa. this has been a history. Now this latest one. And now they get the Cavs team with the banged up questionable Kevin Love, too. Right. So it, right. it, it does. I, I do wish these teams could always be at full strength. Same, same with Iggy. But right. um, 
But yeah, I'm not going to apologize. Come on, Iggy's like a role player. I mean, this is not, you know, we're, it's yeah. not Chris Paul, Kevin Love, although Kevin Love isn't that great. Yeah. But, but I'll tell he you something else. LeBron pretty well. Go ahead. There, there's, there's an idea that, um, that the calls really went the Warriors' way, like ridiculously. And remember the last time there were two teams in the conference finals, and well, actually the last two times, where like the calls all went one team's way. It was the Na- Nash uh, Suns against the Spurs, and it was also the uh, Weber Kings against the yeah. Lakers. Yeah. And uh, both times, Tim Donahue was the ref, and there was some foul play. So if the yeah, but this go- is nowhere near that. I mean, maybe you could argue the Rockets got screwed on a couple of those threes in the seventh. I, I mean, uh, Curry had the most drives. Curry had the most drives uh, to the paint right. and percentage-wise, and he had like two free throws the entire Five tournament years from on now. Drive. Sorry, Five years from series. now, I'll show this was a sham win. Just like okay. the, It's funny, too, because we were talking about this on the radio. Like, they don't go back and say, oh, that Laker title is not a title or that Spurs title doesn't count. Like, that counts. No, like, no know, they, don't. They, don't, they don't undo it. Right, you know, and same with this Warriors too. They're going to go back and say, but they're really not going to remember the Chris Paul injury. You know what I mean? Like the Warriors Nobody still cares. won this. Nobody gives a shit. It's yeah, all no about one's going to care. Nobody gives yeah, a shit. Exactly. You know, no, I'm not like Jordan. Everyone's like Jordan won six straight finals, and he did. And I don't remember all the details, but like, you don't remember who was injured on what team. You know, like who the fuck remembers? Yeah, the thing is, he never. You know, he never faced the one thing I've heard a lot is he never faced a great center in the finals, a, a opposing big man. And the two years he took the sabbatical were the, were the Olajuwon years. So he never faced a big center. But yeah, yeah but I'm he, sure he caught plenty of breaks. But he beat too. Ewing every time in the conference finals before that. True. Yeah, remember we saw Ewing at that steakhouse? When you went up and you thought that guy was Anthony yeah. Mason? You, you thought, thought he was Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason. I told you he wasn't. <laughs> it was me. And I, yeah, at least I got you to go after This is while well, Anthony Mason was still alive, just so you know. It's not like, you know, that was the other thing. Rest in peace, Anthony Rest in Mason. Peace. Yes, for sure. Loved Rest Anthony peace, Mason. But... John Starks. Somebody was yeah. posting, I think it was Tom Kessenick was posting about the best dunks, playoff dunks. Uh, left-handed, that was sick. And then yeah. Starks dunk over Jordan and Grant, that was pretty badass. Yeah, left-handed, it was yeah. sick, yeah, yeah. And he's a good, it's apropos to talk about Starks, too, who once went 2 of 17 in a game 7. Uh, man, the Rockets, the odds of missing 27 in a row of a 36.2% shooting, uh, three-point shooting team is just it's crazy. It's astronomical. And one thing I uh, will want to say real quick before we move on, actually, there's another basketball topic we have to talk about, though, is, is people criticizing Dan Tony, And I know that he has a, a history of, of these problems wearing out his players. The counter, I would say, and, and I do think part of the problem of all those misses were the tired legs and, and the, the second half of both the last games. A, what can you do with Paul getting injured? And B, it might not have, it very, very likely would not have gone seven games if Dan Tony didn't tighten the rotation to begin with. So it's right. silly to be like, you can't have it both ways. The reason they started winning is because he changed rotation after game one, tightened it, and it become a, became a crazily close to come from, you know, for Warrior fans' comfort series. So it's tough to criticize them. You know, oh, they wore down. Well, you can't have it both. Well, so. the other Dan Tony come close was Tim Donahue. I mean, he was the Suns coach, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yes. So, right. I mean, he yes, would have rolled over the Jason Kidd. Leading the bench, remember, right? When Nash, they left the bench. So well, remember that, when, And they were calling fouls on bullshit. I mean, yeah. the whole thing was a fraud. Like, they, he obviously has a title. I mean, he's going to win in the finals if they beat the Spurs. And so he has a title. I mean, you can give okay. the guy a title. Of course, he don't, but he, they should. The crazy thing about that Starks game, though, that year, was that in Game Six he was lit, he lit it up, and uh, they were crushing it in the fourth quarter. The Knicks were up three two in that series, and in Game Six Starks was lighting it up, and he he launched a three to win it. He was red hot. He was draining everything, and Hakeem came out to the three point line and got his fingertip on the shot to block it, and the Rockets won that game six, and then Starks had the horrible game in game seven. But I think if Akeem doesn't get all the way out to the three-point line, which is not what centers did then ever, that shit right. is going in. I mean, who, no one will ever know because it wasn't even, you know, it didn't even get close. 
but he was just in his zone then, and he was and he he launched the three, and I think we never even know about that. I think it's it's but, series over. Is that the finals that the Knicks shouldn't have even been it though been in it because Pippen was totally fouled on that three yeah, at the end of the Hubert other Davis right? or that Hubert Davis yes. wasn't fouled and got three free throws and right, right. the One whole fucking thing. Great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Without Jordan, that's crazy how close they were to to making making Jordan the finals. Jordan's a system guy, dude. He's a system a system player. But speaking of system guy, uh, D'Antoni though, like think of the his his. his recent con- uh, considered failures or like total dysfunctional franchise like what the Knicks and the the Lakers with Kobe or whatever wasn't he there for right, a while yeah right. so I, I don't know I think I think D'Antoni I, I'm impressed with what he did with that with that roster and he really had them playing good defense but and, and a nice segue with uh, D'Antoni and the Suns or the Colangelos how crazy is this I know you had to touch this on the radio a little bit I know we'll move away from the NBA but this really is absurd this this the, the ringer found five burner accounts by the GM of the 76ers and totally dissing Sam Hinkie. Uh, he's a he's a Ben Simmons guy, and dissing Joel Embiid. And it really kind of looks like it clearly has to be him or someone close to his family. And I'm shocked we're, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. I'm actually honestly surprised he hasn't been fired yet. Yeah, they probably want to like just double triple check that it is what it is. It's so weird when people just flat lie though. I mean, we don't know for sure that it was him, but what's the evidence that it was him? Is that all the shit that he was saying is like what? Why do they think it was him? So five of them, uh, so they knew about five of them, and he alert, the guy who knew about it alerted the uh, 76 How did he know? PR How did he know that there were two him? of them? Now, that is really sketchy. Someone, anonymous source, went to him, and they say there's some code that they use, and it's really weird to use. Like, he's some sort of data guy, I guess, ostensibly with Twitter, and he tried to put up certain phrases that matched. It's, that is very, very, that, that's unbelievable, the part of the ringer thing, is how he found out. Clearly, there's more to that. So wait, so wait, so some dude in Twitter, an insider at Twitter, told the Ringer that this was the same Brian Colangelo uh, I, posting the, on the five Twitter, different accounts. The Twitter part is me. I don't know where he works at. The Twitter part is me. It's some some guy who says access to some sort of information, or he can like he can like scrape the Twitter data and analyze it somehow. Right, and went yeah, to him. I mean, and, not, anyway, so he, yeah, serious vetting that shit. Right, so he has five anonymous uh, accounts he's told about. This Ringer guy went to the 76ers, told him about two of them. And within three hours, the other three all went private. He was right. he was he did not alert them. So and if you follow other things in the timeline for the past three years, anytime he would say a certain area in which he was, he would, could always go back. And, and Colangelo was in that city, even like a, in Europe in the Olympics and stuff. Right. So, so stuff okay. like that. And, and so it just makes good evidence it, that those were his accounts. And he's he's defending game. himself unequivocally, and, um, and, and, and like he even liked one uh, talking about the trade to move up to number one. And a month later, they made the exact trade with the players involved. But right. it is circumstantial, yeah. though. I mean, it's, I mean, right now we don't have the uh, actual Twitter, definitive. Twitter, there's no legal reason for Twitter to turn over the the data, right? I mean, it's privacy, right? right? Like, there's no. There's some sleuthing going on. I guess if you try to reset your password. Uh, like if I try to reset yours right now, I could it'll be like send uh, the the this new password to your phone number, and I can see what the final two digits of your cell phone number oh, is. Oh, okay, right. And apparently those didn't match. Colangelo is the one that he ah. claimed. Yes, this is mine. That's why there's the burner phone. Oh, is that burner phones to, to right, right, right. So, that? Right, but right. it's crazy. Can you imagine criticizing your franchise player like uh, Embiid? And, and it's just well, it's, it's just, just such a nutless way to do it. I mean, just go, yeah. go, you know, have a meeting with him and say, here's what I'd like to see out of you. Why are you he's doing using- this? He's tipping off. He's tipping off local bloggers to ask questions is what he's saying. He's like, ask uh, why Okafor, uh, why he's getting killed in the media for not trading Okafor. Right. So he's going to these guys, these local bloggers, like ask Okafor if he failed the physical. Maybe that's why he wasn't traded. I feel it in my bones. That's why he wasn't. <laughs> he feels it in his bones. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, like confidential but, medical shit that he's not supposed to say or something? He's like feeling yeah, in his yeah. bones. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. But isn't this crazy? I mean, it's wild, right? I mean, and, and this the data community, the stat heads, they, they love Sam Hinkie. And they're, they're speaking of they're, they're like some people, there's some conspiracists. They're like, this dude found it because he's smart and he could come up with that stuff. But um, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like pretty crazy and kind of uncharted territory. Yeah. I heard a, a, a blog. This, there's this guy, Patrick O'Shaughnessy, who does this blog, not blog, podcast, and he interviewed Hinky. Uh, and okay. everyone was like, this, oh, is yeah. the greatest, this is the greatest podcast ever. And I listened to it and I thought it was okay. I don't know. I wasn't I that I impressed. I, I wasn't that Me impressed. Too. You too. See, I was people like, do. I told you, they love Hinky. I know. I, I, I was like I, ready to have I, my mind seen... blown by some shit. And he's just like this very fucking milk toast. Yeah, you know, we, we try to bring in the best people. And when you surround yourself by Long great people. Game. The long view. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, super long view. But yeah, I got you. He's a smart guy, and, and I and I think he, he gets unfairly shit on for what happened. But I'm with you. This exact same thing happened to me. I heard people that I liked recommend that podcast, and I listened, and I was just kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, it's ah uh, oh, shit. You know my mic. Okay, the sound is going to get much better now. I wish you had said something. You, oh, you were okay. It was okay. You I mean, right. okay. No. Well, it's going to be much better now because I was just I realized I was just talking into the computer mic. And now I got my actual real mic, so fuck. Uh, All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna redo this shit. It's fine. No, good, absolutely not. Good enough. We'll it, it'll just just know that the sound's gonna get better. Um, yeah, we can end, we can end the, the hoops talk. Um, I want to run a couple things by you, and then you okay. can you can finish. Sure, no problem. Uh, I, I I did a, a football trade uh, uh, just this past week, and I want to bring it up to you for a specific reason. Okay. Um, I offered it. I get criticized a lot for not doing a lot of deals, or whatever. And I offered this one just because we were having like a rookie draft. So I happened to look at my team. It's a dynasty league. And um, do you ever have this feeling? Uh, I, I, I try to not insult the person I offer fantasy trades, obviously. Um, but this one was accepted by, by someone really, uh, really smart in the industry. Uh, I'll just, whatever his name is, Lord Reeves. He, he writes like a popular weekly thing on Roto World. He's a really smart guy, uh, uh-huh. deep into numbers in the NFL. You know, he accepted this deal within like 10 seconds of me sending it. I got email uh-huh. back in my email. So you got nervous? Did that thought- make you question yourself? Yeah, like, like well, man, I, I, boy, maybe I, I really didn't insult him maybe, because maybe. I insulted myself. With how bad it was. Yeah, so, maybe, so, maybe. I just want to ask you who you think got the better end of this deal. Just don't or, tell or me who did you. what. Don't tell me who was on what side. I have a bad feeling it's going to be obvious, but, but, but okay. But don't tell uh, me who was on what side. Just do it cold so I don't I know. know. Exactly. Exactly. Just the parameters are real quick. 12 team. Dynasty, obviously, is the key. Dynasty, and you can start two quarterbacks. Okay? Okay. Other weird things like five wide receivers, you have to. But, but two quarterbacks, dynasty. Uh, Marcus Mariota, LaShawn McCoy for Jimmy Garoppolo and Demarius Thomas. It's obvious. <laughs> I told you it's, it's obvious. You're not trading Garoppolo. So, I mean, so it was Mariota and, and Garoppolo, and it was Demarius Thomas, LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. I like, I like the Garoppolo-McCoy uh, side. I mean, it's like I actually have young running backs but, like, like Fournette and McKinnon. I don't even – McCoy, I think, in that Buffalo team just looks like a disaster. You look at those charts. They had charts had him as like one of the biggest injury risks before last year. I mean, he's an old running back. I know Demarius Thomas with Case Keenum now, and, and like I said, you have to start, start five wide receivers. I think Mariota might be a bum. I mean, I owned him in this league, and I watched nah, him. I think he might be. I don't think a he's bum. a bum, but I think I think it's going to get a lot better in the yeah, new actually, system. Pro football focus grades him like highly on deeper throws, so maybe not. But anyway, obviously I'm a Jimmy G guy, so at least tell me that I'm not like a complete moron in a well, dynasty. How many league, running backs do you have to start? Uh, three, three to five. Oh, three to five, but you have to start five receivers. Yeah, so five, five to seven. seven. Yep. Five to seven. Well, that's yep. why he did it. Because right. in your league, receivers are so much more valuable than running backs because it's so deep. Well, I, but I got Demarius Thomas. Oh, you got Thomas. 
Yeah, I, I got, you got McCoy. Sorry, sorry, I got confused. I got, no, I don't like McCoy. No, oh, okay, okay. I, so you got Thomas in a seven-receiver possible league. Yeah. Is it full PPR? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm in too many. I think it's probably half. Just okay. consider it half. It might be full, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, I like your side. I mean, Garoppolo's got to be at least as valuable as Mariota. Right? I feel like in a two-quarterback league, yeah, well, I would hope a lot more is what I'm thinking, but in a two-quarterback league uh, dynasty, and these are like all guys, it's fantasy pros, all guys in the industry, this is like going to last, suppose, you know, hopefully. Um, I feel like Garoppolo would be a you know, top two-round pick, right? Two-QB league? Well, it's not a two-QB league, though. It's a one-QB league. Because, kind of. right, it's one, it, yeah, you can start one to two in all these other positions. So but maybe I'm it's overrated. actually a two-QB league, though, because actually that's not true, because it's literally two, and you're going to max it all out, so all the QBs will be gone. And they are the right. most valuable. Like as long as there's no other QBs left to pick up, they, they are the most they are the most valuable players. Right. There's none. Absolutely none. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All I right. think I, I like it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. All right, man. Uh, anything else you got to talk about today with Alex Reyes today? Looks like he left the game early, which was weird. I mean, sorry. It looks like he he's claiming it wasn't an injury. You see this latest news, but that that, that was, was a buzzkill. People fired up. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't have any shares of him, so I don't get to. I never get really broken up about injuries that aren't to my players. I know you do. So you I know you cry about it a lot for other people, but I don't. I don't care. No, but I don't fist pump like you do. But uh, other other young guys uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, so have you talked about uh, Vlad Guerrero lately? Uh, you think he should get called up, or are yeah. you on the fence about that? Yeah, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I think it's a tough call. You know, there's the the fact. Here, here's what I said on the XM show, and I think this is true. What would Mike Trout hit at Double A right now? What would batting average do you think he would have? Oh, yeah. Um, 410? 420? No, that's high, man. That's really, really high. Yeah, I was going to say 380-ish right, or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. What batting average would Jose Altuve have at double-A? What batting average would Mookie Betts have at double-A? I mean, if a dude's hitting 430 at double-A, and you know, yeah. you've know you known this for a month. I understand. You've never been to the high minors before. You start him out in April there. But after one month, you pretty much know, based on his pedigree, literally his pedigree, I mean, who his dad is, <laughs> The fact that he's been this good at this age, at this level, you know, like basically May 1st, that this is a top 50 MLB hitter. And by now, you know that he's a top 20 MLB hitter. This is one of the top 20 hitters in the world. I don't think you're going to argue that more than 20 people can hit 430 at any high minors level. And you're you're leaving him down despite uh, noodle arm Josh Donaldson. Now he has a calf problem also. So and, bad. And it's fucking pathetic. It's a fucking, sh- it, it's a fucking um, travesty. Like th- that franchise, it's like, oh, well, yeah, Super 2, you know, we might need to get another year of service time, control, whatever. Fuck off. Yeah, you know, I guess not, they're, I'm looking, looking at it now. Nine games out of the wild card doesn't help, I guess. Yeah, but who gives a shit? The Braves brought up Acuna. They didn't know they'd be contenders this year. The, I mean, they wait, make him wait two, three weeks, but fine, okay? They didn't make him wait two more months after they knew he was one of the best players in the league. The Marlins, that one year, they, even the fucking Marlins put Jose Fernandez in there when he's 19. Everyone's like, whoa, what the hell are they doing? And then, obviously, he was one of the 10 best pitchers in the world. I mean, yeah. if you have a player that you're looking at in spring training or in the minor leagues, and they're one of the 10 or 20 best players in the world, you, you cannot leave them in the minors for money reasons unless you're just basically telling your fan base, the league, the world, listen, we don't give a shit if this is the wrong thing for his development. We don't give a shit if we're depriving fans of the opportunity to see him. We don't give a shit if... We're basically just squandering something that a precious resource. We just give a shit about the money. You know what? I get the money. Hey, 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 and maybe it's laughably not comparable, but isn't there also money involved if you called him up right now? There'd be way more buzz around the stadium yeah. attendance right now. Right. People would enjoy giving their money to your franchise by not feeling robbed and cheated. I, right. I don't know, right. There's other effects that 
I mean, how, how about thinking long term? Let's do a little yeah, Sam exactly. Hinkie. You know, let's think long term. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you're the type of franchise that when the best player is available, we call them up. Yeah, it costs you here and there. But the other thing that's happening now is, you know, in two years when Vlad's hitting 380 in the major leagues, they sign him to like a 10-year, $200 million contract, and they buy it out. They buy out his arbitration year. I mean, obviously, he'll have a little more leverage if he has, you know, obviously the negotiations will be a little more favorable to him if they have lost that Super 2, whatever the fuck that means, the, to the extent to which they lose a year. But, you know, it, it's just, look at the big picture. It's just, it, for, for the sake of humanity, man, you know, for the sake of just doing what's right, if the guy is a top 20 player in the world, you don't leave him in the minors for two extra months. You just don't do it. It doesn't matter, especially when Donaldson needs to DH anyway for his health. So they're just, fuck that franchise. He's coming up in a couple of weeks, and I think he's going to rake. I told you I traded Eduardo Rodriguez for him, and Eduardo Rodriguez had two wins since then and pitched well, and he's good. He's a good pitcher. But I still, I, still, I still feel unless Vlad gets hurt, unless they dick him around for some other idiotic reason, he's going he's gonna to pay that back big time. No, I'm with you. He should be up yesterday. Um, another baseball thing I wanted, uh, I wanted to bring up to you was that Derek Carty tweet, which was uh, oh, yeah. really interesting, man. It was, it was really, really interesting talking about how I've seen it in, in multiple places talking about home runs are down and they're, you know, the ball they think is, is effective, which I was worried about myself as I bet, you know, the over under in, 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 in one person homers this year, 49 and a half. I don't think I look so great so far, but he says, okay. no, you're, you're fine. Great. You think I'm okay? All right. Yeah. Okay. It's summer months too. Usually, you know, the heat should theoretically, the ball should, should go farther. But basically he's saying that it's not true because it's just that the, the contract rate is down. So when you base it on balls actually traveling, it is similar, correct? Or you do a better job of further explaining it. So, okay. So basically what's happened in the last week or so is first of all, baseball came out and admitted that the ball was juiced and the way it was juiced wasn't like the core of the ball. It was juiced because it was more aerodynamic. Okay. So that's why there were more home runs last year. This year, a study came out that so far this year, um, players are having harder contact, more exit velocity, and better launch angles than ever, even better than last year, yet home runs are significantly down. So the assumption I made was that the ball got unjuiced, unaerodynamic. They, whatever they did, they reversed it. But, but that's what I thought was happening, and I started streaming more pitchers, and for the most part, it's been better. It's, I've gotten away with it. But what Derek said is strikeouts are up for reasons I'm not exactly sure. Maybe they're calling the lower strike more. You know, I'm not exact. Maybe uh, pitchers are working up in the zone and the new uppercut swings are missing more. But for whatever reason, strikeouts are up. So with strikeouts being up, there's less contact. Well, that's just been a trend, right? I mean, that's just continuing trend. It's been a trend, but this is a really, I think it's made a little bit of a leap this year. Okay, so strikeouts are up. So the question is, is there, are there fewer homers per, you know, contact? Because that's what the juice, that, that determines. Well, yeah, it'd be like comparing volume instead of rate stats. It wouldn't make any other exactly, it exactly. Make sense. Exactly. The volume is down, but let's talk about the rates to find out whether the ball is juiced, right? When, when there is contact, how often they're traveling. Well, there's actually fewer home runs on contact this year than last year, but it's by a much narrower margin when you much. account for the strikeouts. And then Derek said, basically, that margin of difference can be explained by the colder weather. Not only did the season start five days earlier, but we had colder weather on average. Just temperatures were lower for whatever reason this year in general. So unseasonably cool. It, it was unseasonably yet. cool, and it started early. So the combination of those two things plus the added strikeouts is basically the entire explanation of so far why home runs are down. And if you remove those, home runs are basically even on contact, weather adjusted, which means that as the weather warms, you're still going to have fewer right. home runs if the strikeout rate persists. The strikeouts, right? But right. you're going to have, you know, when the, when the ball is hit, it's going to go a long way. It was good news for my bet. 
essentially. There's there's no evidence that the ball has fundamentally changed based off last year or compared right. to last year. And you year. would think that the guys like Mookie Betts, surprise, surprise, who don't strike out a lot, are going to benefit because they're not getting – the ball's no worse than the ideal ball that was there last year, and they don't strike out that much. You know, I, you'd think the contact guys will get a lift from this, right? But I guess everybody strikes out a little more than they used to. It's just that when you do make contact, it's just as good as ever. Sure. You got any more baseball stuff? How, how are your teams doing? They're doing not great, but I, the Tau team's in fourth or fifth, but it's poised to make a huge leap. Uh, losing Hanley Ramirez kind of sucked. I, I think he'll sign somewhere. Um, yeah. That was weird, huh? Uh, yeah, well, it's because they owed him all the money, right? I mean, it made perfect sense. They, they would have to invest his option, and he's not worth that, and he doesn't play any defense, and he's, you know. So that's fine. Hopefully he, he catches on and does some revenge, takes revenge. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that weird, really. I mean, it was just, it was just cosmetic stats. It really helped hit third in the most loaded lineup. So right. I guess so, that helps. So Mitch that was, Moreland, he looks like a beast. He's good. He'll cool down, but he's, you know, he, he's better than Hanley probably, at least as good and much cheaper, and they're not on the hook for him. And yeah. so that hurts. But I think that team's poised to do really well, especially when Vlad arrives. And, you know, I still have, like, Pedroia just came back. Has done, Buxton has done nothing. I'm still ready to, like, you know, Stanton hasn't done much. Gaddis is finally hitting. Bregman has been okay. All my main guys haven't hit, and I'm still in it, you know, so I, I feel good. My main event team is in eighth, um, and I got Mad Bum coming back next week, um, and I'm right behind a whole bunch of guys. I had so many injuries. Like, I had, like, LeMay, who's coming back soon. I had Nelson Cruz is out for a bit. I had um, just pretty much everybody, like uh, Miguel Cabrera is coming back, Miguel Sano, like all these guys. Like, in a 15-team league, like losing Sano, Cabrera, LeMay, it's a lot. So I'm, I'm, I feel good. Like, I'm not too far out. I got, like, 83 points or something. And if I just can make a run in the next month, I think I can get into, like, third or fourth place and be poised to win, the, win it. But, you know, obviously, my guys have to stay healthy and I have to make the right moves. But I'm, I'm happy with that. My beat Chris Listing. Oh, I'm are just terrible. literally breaking news. I, I'm sorry. I have to what? say this because Byron Buxton placed on the DL with a toe. Ugh. Fractured his left toe. What? I don't know. He already Same had toe a fractured or something. left toe. Jesus. Just Christ. crazy. I traded that guy's, out. That guy's a broken man. I'm uh, sorry. He's uh, done. I, told, I mean, I, I said this to Stefania Bell, and she did not – I don't think she really agreed to the concept. Took it seriously. Yeah. Well, she, she entertained it, actually. But I said, are there some people that it's just like a psychological thing, like you just don't want to succeed for some reason. Like there's something in you that feels guilty, you know, you – you were the only one in your family that did well and your poor family, you know, something deep within you that is averse to success. There's a tremendous anxiety around it. And so you bring into your life these ra- seemingly random events, one after another, like, oh, you get, a con- you get migraines. And then when you're rehabbing from the migraines, you foul a ball and break your toe. And then you, you know, you, it's just like you just cannot just fucking stay healthy for a year. And I don't know, man. I mean, that's obviously like a, it's, you can never know the internal workings of someone else's mind and, it's far from uh, settled that the world even works like that, that there's that kind of psychological impact on your experience. But I don't know. I just feel like some people live in their own, you know, you kind of create your reality to some extent, in my opinion. And when a guy just has one fucking thing after another, yeah, it could just be random bad luck. But like, I don't know, man. It's just like fundamentally, there's some dudes like Madison Bumgarner, right? He had two unfortunate things. One was a bike thing and then one was a line drive. But I feel like right. that dude... Like I, I traded for him in, this, in, the, sta- in the Friends and Family League because I was like, that's the type of dude who's not like that. Like That's the type of dude who'll go out there and throw five fucking innings in the World Series and he'll be fine. One day rest, yeah. Yeah, because like, he's just not 
He has no problem with being a badass, successful dude because he just wants to be and he's going to do it. And I just wonder, you know, again, I, this could just be all bullshit. And, and, the, and the thing with Bumgarner, too, is he won't shut it down if the Giants fall out, too. Right. He's like, I'm pitching. He, right. He's like, I'm going 95. You know, he's like, a, you know, he shows up to work. Yeah. I'm not saying he's like immune to problems or injuries, but it's just like, I know that that dude, based on his track records, his mentality. Now, this might just be like tautology, like just saying, well, he's been good for a while, so I think he's good. And he's been hurt for a while, so I think he's going to get hurt. And obviously that inductive reasoning example I do with the jumping off the Empire State Building might apply. But I don't know, man. I just think like they're, you know, what is fucking up with Buxton? Like, why can't he just fucking, it's been like four years now. This is not like the first year. It's like every fucking year there's something. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, he's, no, he's a veteran now. Just fucking play baseball. Like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just fucking stay on the field, make contact with the baseball, and fucking just deliver, you know? Like, what is the fucking problem? I know, I know. No, it's I mean, frustrating. You know, I, mean, I know, he's done. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's done, but I just like I, I keep hoping for this shit, you know. <laughs> I know, no, I know, I know. Now, as soon as I sell, then it probably will ball next year. As soon as I stay away I from mean, him, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like fuck. It's frustrating for just sure. Fucking get oh. it done, man. You know, it's like at some point. So so many in- injuries. These baseball players. That, let me tell well, you. I was ranting about this. I was ranting about this. Have you ever looked at like the back of baseball card or like the you know you go to Baseball Reference, the new version of that, Dale Murphy. Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson, Mike Schmidt, like even like I thought Dale Murphy had kind of a shortened career, like he was a borderline Hall of Famer, won two MVPs. He played like 155 games every year except till he got old, except for like one year. Right. Reggie Jackson, until he was 35, played fucking 158 games every year. Mike Schmidt, I know these are like Hall of Famers or borderline. Just look at any random fucking guy from the 70s and right. 80s. They fucking played 158 games mostly. They were just not, they're not like missing all this time. And it's, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with these players? And we came it's up with the DL rest yeah or just this fucking rest oh your guy's scratched he's not playing tonight he needs a day off i think there's four factors and i don't know which one is the biggest but i've isolated one is these dudes are too jacked they're too fucking jacked you're not supposed to be fucking mr universe you know that's not supposed to be your side hustle you're supposed to just fucking play baseball you don't need to be fucking lifting weights and getting so jacked okay that's one problem they're too yoked and the muscles are imbalanced okay two they're no longer on speed these guys used to be on speed, and speed keeps you alert. And a lot of injuries happen when you're fatigued. Like, you're, you've been traveling, you didn't sleep that well. And also, the other thing is, you're on this fucking cell phone and the, your laptop all the time, on the plane, at night, at, in the hotel, video games. That blue light fucks with your sleep. It actually depletes the melatonin. And nobody sleeps as well as they did 25 years ago when they didn't have these fucking devices. So these guys so are you're more... not supposed to do that right before bed, no, right? not after like 8 o'clock are you supposed to have any... And everybody does it, obviously. And so and these guys are on the road. They're in different beds and all this stuff. And so, you know, so you're, you're not sleeping right. So you're more tired and you're more likely, like if you're just jogging out, to, you know, running after a fly ball or something, you're just a little less attentive each step. Right. Stepping on a base, sliding into a base. Speed keeps you hyper alert. Okay, so getting off the greenies, the speed is another factor. A third one that we identified is maybe they play too much fucking baseball since they're like 10 years old. They do these year-round winter ball, all this shit, and you're just taxing these ligaments and muscles a ton. So, you know, there's all that shit. They used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout and shit, you know I mean? And they still didn't get hurt this much. I mean, these guys are on the DL like, and, and taking days off. It's unbelievable. They're fucking baseball players, man. I know. No, I know. The, the fourth thing, which is legit, is these dudes are all throwing 96, 97, and you get hit by pitch and you break your hand. That shit is incredibly annoying. They've got to allow... I think, like, hit-by-pitch should be, like, 
two balls or something like that if it's in the hand, you know, or something, not like a full-on base. Right. And you should be able to wear, like, some armor. But if you, like, lean in, it's a strike. There's, like, the, um, I don't know, something like that. So, like, you can't just use your armor to, like, take one. Sure. But it's just absurd. I mean, I don't have A.J. Pollock, so it doesn't matter to me. But, like, all these fucking guys get hit by pitches all the time. Well, did he get hit by a pitcher? He died for a ball. I can't remember. But um, I think he was sliding, I think. Uh, whatever. Okay. So maybe that's a bad example. I think, He's yeah. always he always gets hit. I hear you're saying, though, yeah, there's, that's unavoidable, and they're throwing faster than ever, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It's like half the fucking best players in the league. Didn't Trout get hit by a pitch last year and miss like six weeks? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Stanton's got hit by a pitch. It's like half – you want all your best players to fucking miss time every couple of years with fucking hit by pitch? It's like stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, so how are you going to avoid that, though? I said put some – put like a, you know, like a arm pad. Yeah. Armor on yeah. the hand. Bonds had some pretty extreme. They they have some pretty extreme armor up there, and that, the whole uh, the new uh, the batting helmets I think are a thing too. You know, pretty pretty much everyone's covering their cheek these days. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, because they got hit in the face, but yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do it so much that you're like Richard Hamilton in basketball. Remember, he was wearing the mask all the time. Right, yeah, wear the mask. And then like, yeah. even if he was like intimate with his wife, he had to keep the mask on because he just couldn't. You know, I didn't know that part. No, that's no, no, no. I, I made that up, but I assume that that's it's a, he took it. That's like yeah. a real man takes it that far, you know. Yeah, for sure. That, is, know, that is definitely. They're in the bedroom. Sure. It's dark. You know, they're getting their nice, quiet, intimate moments. You and can't he's, perform. He's like, can't, I can't perform. perform without the mask. Yeah. I, I, no, 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 no. The mask stays on. <laughs> oh, that's, that's you in good. five uh, years, dude. You give me that long. I like it. <laughs> okay. So uh, what uh, else? Uh, so yeah, we got to talk about like, the, the Roseanne stuff. What you have any thoughts on it? You know, I, you see her apology. I thought it seemed like very sincere. She was like, stop defending me. That was, uh, you know, unexcusable. Um, and, and I feel like, okay, like to me, I don't know. Look, I, I'm not a person. I'm not black. I'm not, you know, the person, the target of the offense, you know. So like I can't, I can't speak right. on someone else's behalf of how offended they are. For me, if someone says something offensive to me, which would more for me be like personal, something about me um, that I thought was over the line publicly, say it was more, it's a little different situation. But if they apologize, in my opinion, sincerely, I'd be like, all right, we're good. We're cool. Do you know what I mean? That was wrong. That either's inexcusable. Don't defend it, blah, blah, blah. I would be over it. And I wouldn't want them to lose their job for it. But again, I'm not a black person. I can't, I can't say sure. how offended you know, I would be in that situation. So I, I, can't really, you know, I can't really say the right or wrong of that. I, I will also say that this other, she made sort of an excuse also, though. She made like what seemed like a sincere apology, and she also made an excuse and said she was on Ambien. But, like, that fucking drug is fucked up. You know, my, uh, I can't say who it is, but someone I know well took one on a plane and wound up home in, a, in their house, which was 45 minutes away. I think they took a cab and woke up in the house and doesn't remember anything after taking the Ambien. Like, the whole, like, getting through the airport and getting the cab or being in the cab. You know, I mean, so I don't know. You know, maybe that shit should be, <laughs> that shit should be like, a, you know, an, an illegal narcotic or something. So anyway. Yeah, she shouldn't have said that because from what I see that people are going crazy about that because um, I, I agree with you that otherwise re- apologies seem really sincere and good. It wasn't like she was hiding behind I think, that. I think, I, even probably, I think she probably said that because she was trying to say like, you know, in my right mind, I wouldn't tweet that. I don't agree right. with that, you know, but whatever. I mean, she said it, she got fired, you know, shit has consequences. Right. I personally, again, uh, uh, my belief is if people are sincerely apologize and own it, I don't think they should lose their livelihoods over something like that. But again, I'm not the target of the... And she has stuff in the past, obviously, is why, too. I mean, it's not like well, it's her first oh, time. She, uh, she, 
she definitely says a lot of shit, but we're also in a climate where um, people read the worst into what people yep. say. You know, they, they, they assume the absolute worst and, uh, you know, I'm not going to defend any of the shit she said. She said a lot of very mean-spirited stuff about uh, Muslims also in the past. Never gets fired for that because yep. that's a group that apparently nobody sticks up for. You know, the ABC won't stick up for that or not hire her for the show. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, you're right. She does have a history. And- well, it's just something I wanted to touch on because it was interesting. She came back, big ratings, and then they kind of fell a little bit. Immediately got renewed for season two. There's all, you know, there are 200 people working on that show. Right, you know, I right. mean, it's not just her. Well, I think she, she apologized to them. I mean, look, she shouldn't have sent that shit. She fucking did it, and she has to deal with the consequences of it. And she's a rich person who's fine. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, she fucked up. But um, I just find it interesting in our society that we also were like we're wait, awaiting the White House's response. You know, that's just funny <laughs> that that's where we've reached. Right. The, 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 first of the all, like the White House. Yeah, they're all and they're all like, oh, he's such a racist. He's going to be, you know. But I mean, he's Trump. Trump and, and, and Rosanna friends is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what the fuck he thinks about it. You know, I just right. should have said it. She said it. She got fired. I prefer to live in a society where saying a wrong thing, you know, if you apologize is not a fireable offense personally, because I just don't think that's a, I think we should be combating racism at a more systemic level, things like prison sentences and stuff like that, which really fuck up people's lives. Not like this person said the wrong thing, was contrite, but you know what? Oh, you said that thing. That's, in my opinion, I don't think that's healthy. I think it would be, it's mis, the energy would be better placed on the real life ruining shit that goes on. But again, you know, I'm not, I'm not the person who's targeted in that. So someone may differ with me. I hear you. Um, yeah, before we get to the real, uh, well, actually, um, well, I, I was going to ask you next. Oh, yeah, it's just been a bunch of bad news here. Also, what about uh, what about Morgan Freeman being accused of some untoward behavior? Shit, did you of see the video of that? All the actors, come on. It'd be no, probably no, no, my Did you see the video of that? Did you see the newscast of that? Newscast? I don't so think there, so. The woman went on the news and said, you can okay. see here, we have video of this. This was captured on video, and you could see how Morgan Freeman inappropriately spoke to me. There's a video okay. of Michael Caine. So saying and being interviewed by the reporter that accused Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine says and again I don't know the whole story I just know this video that was going around right. he says yeah I remember that movie they're in together okay so okay, they're, no, press so they're, they're yeah. doing a press thing and this was the reporter yeah. and she says you know have you ever I don't know what the question was but he says I'll never you know he's got his British accent I'll never ask if a woman's pregnant because I once did and she wasn't and it was horrible you know it's so embarrassing and Morgan Freeman looks at her and she asks him something similar and then he goes I wish I was, I was there at the time. I wish I was in there at the time or something. And he's obviously talking about Michael Caine. Wow, he's obviously talking about what Caine said. He's obviously saying yeah. he wishes he was there to see how embarrassing it was for Michael Caine. And then she goes, and you can see what he said. And you see the, the interviewer is also a woman who's on the news show where they're playing the clip, roll her eyes and be like, what is she even talking about? So I don't know, I don't know if there's more to it wow. than that. I don't know if there's more to it than that, but the fact that she thought that that was some sort of inappropriate thing. One of the guys I've learned the most from on Twitter in the last year is this guy, Scott Adams. I've mentioned him before in this podcast. And he's the Dilbert guy. And he, he has this theory that there's basically, everybody's in this movie theater, but they're watching two different movies simultaneously. He says, there's, he says we're, we're in the same movie theater but there's two different movies. So like we're literally watching the same movie, but we're seeing two different movies. Right. So okay. that like, and there was that whole like Yanni and Laurel thing. You saw that like online, that thing obviously or like the dress a couple of yeah. years ago. Real, real quick. I'm very weird that in the dress that I see one thing first and then the other okay. second. It's so I was like, weird. you know, Yanni is what I heard. Like I heard it. I was happy that Sasha heard it. Heather was hearing Laurel. I was like, 
who's that freak that's in our family? And I was demonizing her because of that. Of course. But, and Heather was like, so this is how psychotic Heather is. Heather was like, no, you guys are just, you guys don't hear that. You're just doing this as to joke with me. You're just mocking me. How could you hear that? Like, she doesn't even believe that we, right. that she like, thinks we're not, that's how crazy people are. Big this is like right. partisan politics. You know, it's like, no, no, you don't even really think that. You're just a lying sack, basically, because you, this is literally where we're at. So he, he uses that example, and he says, if you start, like, walking back a lot of these examples, like, you're just seeing two different things. And there was, like, the Charlottesville thing where he said, you know, there's good people on both sides. And they're like, dude, one of the sides was a bunch of Nazis, right? Like, what do you mean there's good people on both sides? And he's saying, no, there were actually four sides. There was... There were people who were supporting the statues because they felt it was part of their tradition. There were people who were against the statues because they felt they were racist. Then there were Nazis. And then there were the Antifa who were like the lefties who were like violent, think you can just punch uh, right-wingers. And what he was saying about both sides is he meant there are good people on both sides of the statue debate. He didn't mean the Nazis. There were good people on the Nazi side. But of course... When he said there's good people on both sides, everyone's like, are you crazy? Those are Nazis. Right. Now, I'm not saying that that's true. I don't really know. I didn't really follow it closely enough. But he used that as an example of people just seeing a different movie. There's another thing that came up recently where um, he called, he, people said, oh, he called immigrants animals. But he wasn't referring to immigrants. If you took the thing in context, he was referring to MS-13, this gang that like rapes and murders people. He's calling them animals, not immigrants. But everybody mm-hmm. ran with it and said, He's calling immigrants animals. What kind of president would call you know, people from other countries right. animals trying to, who are trying to live here and live their lives here? And so like, literally, like, people are watching two different movies. So like, the people on the right are like, no, he's just saying these gang members are really bad. They're animals. They need to, you know, we can't put up with this. He's just saying that like, there's good people on both sides of the statue debate, these statues that have been up for like, hundreds of years. Like, they're good people. He's not saying Nazis are good people. But like, yeah. this, you know, that's one way to look at it. Okay, I... Maybe by the way I'm thinking of saying it, I, you could sell that I probably think that's more likely. I don't think even Trump, even if he is a racist, would just over, openly, for political reasons, just praise Nazis. I don't think there's any, there's any political benefit for doing that. But people are just seeing shit just totally different, right? And you could see that literally the same sound is heard op- totally differently by different people. And so you see this woman hears that. And like, sees sexual harassment in that comment to Michael Caine, what to me was obviously a comment about, you know, I wish I were there to, you know, see how embarrassed you got. And if, you know, people like actually literally with their own senses and brain, and your brain is attached to your senses, you know, they don't operate independently, are perceiving a different reality. Like, how do you even, how do we even bridge this gap? You know, because, I mean, I've seen people, I mean, there's people and they're like, you know, I, I got into an argument with this Clinton supporter because I was like, you know what? She didn't close the deal for me, man. She had a chance this fall. I, I didn't vote for either candidate. I thought they were both horrible. And he's like, you Bernie supporters fucking ruined it. But first of all, I'm in California, so it didn't matter. But second of all, even if I were in a swing state, and I, I don't think I would have voted for her because I just didn't think she was a good person or a good president. But they're so pissed you know, and, and then when, like, he got out of the Iran deal, they're like, you fucking asshole, see what happened, see what happened. And I'm like, see what happened? Like, to them, like, everything, you know, North Korea thing, oh, we're going to be in nuclear war. Like, Iran, oh, this deal, this is the end. Climate change, the Paris thing. Oh, we're, we're going to, the glaciers are going to melt tomorrow. You know, everything to them is imminent catastrophe all the time. He's going to jail any minute, all this stuff. And to other people, it's like, okay, so we're not in that deal anymore. What's next? Like, what's going to happen? Let's see. You know, and, and I just think like 
it's almost impossible to even have a conversation with somebody because the, the basic facts are just so contested. If we agree on certain facts, we can kind of like debate like what, you know, wh- what it means. We can debate the meaning of them. But like the basic like you don't facts, even know what you're debating. You don't even know what you're debating, essentially, is what you're saying. I, you know, right. they're like, I, I mean, I really feel like people think if you thought what they thought, Trump is, tr- you know, he's Hitler, he's this, he's that. You know, I mean, they think it's like serious. You know, I mean, it's the president of the United States is a dangerous person. I still think he's dangerous. Like, I feel like, you know, he's kind of like a, a gangster, you know, like somebody who's like wants to get shit done is not going to do necessarily the ethical thing to do it. And, you know, got his smarts from like dealing with gangsters when he was doing his construction. And I mean, his real estate business, dealing with all the construction and the cement and all the mob owned businesses. And there's some benefits to that. And there's obviously some danger in that. I have a couple Trump things in specific yeah. to ask you. One, you know, you have an opinion about the whole North Korea summit still. And now if it's, you know, on, it's off. And also just before we started recording this, I don't know if you saw, but kind of some news started uh, trickling out about him in the whole lawsuit. And, and I guess he had told Jerry Jones something to the effect of it's big news for me. Like, like he, he liked the Kaepernick thing to, to, to help him get elected president. Like it was, it was big news for him to kind of like, you know, make it a patriotic issue. So I think it's only this news might even be bigger, uh, you know, a week from now, next we talk as, as far as Trump and this whole NFL lawsuit. Yeah, I mean, Trump's definitely exploiting it and he's he's not above it. You know, he he will use that kind of thing to, like, get support. Obviously, you know, you and I are Kaepernick fans. We want Kaepernick to play in the NFL. And I think, like you know, I think the NFL really, really kind of I mean, you know, we talked about last week. I think the NFL fucked up by trying to co-opt the anthem and then try to act like, well, now, you know, our player, you can't protest it. I think that was a mistake and it's coming home to roost. But yeah, Trump is definitely being an opportunist, I think, and trying to... And then the, and then the whole Korea summit thing. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Because it sounds like, I mean, North and South keep meeting. They, they met again. I, I think it's recently. on. I, I think it's just negotiating and posturing. I think it's probably on. I mean, North Korea is like a pariah state where, you know, the economy's terrible and there's like a cult. I don't know. I, we don't know shit about it because we get really bad reporting from our bullshit media all the time. We don't know really that much about it, but it's obviously it's not in good shape. And, you know, it's just it's, absurd, though, that Bolton said, you know, a horrible comparison and then then, then that pissed well, her off. But, the, but it's just silly back and forth for the it's like legit, like teenage type angst. Stuff. Well, no, it, I, really I think the Bolton thing is, is problematic and I think it's Obama's fault. And, and I think that people don't realize this, and Hillary's fault. And Bush, and it Bush, is problematic, but he just, it's, he just said, I mean, he, uh, Trump is quoted saying it's not comparable at all. So, well, I mean, because he has to, otherwise it's not going to get a deal done. Because, because right. what happened was, they be, remember, Gaddafi was like, you know, very bad guy when we were growing up. You know, Lockerbie, you know, bombing over Scotland. I actually knew a couple, I, my friend's parents, I knew a teacher from my school who was on that plane, and a, a guy I knew in college, his mom was on that plane. And, Jeez. uh, so, you know, that was like a big deal. That was Gaddafi. Now, I've watched some movie subsequently that says it was uh, uh, Assad, not, not the current one, his father. Okay. okay. But whatever, uh, you know, who knows? But they, they blamed it on Gaddafi because he was the guy that was easier to blame, whatever. So he was like this devil. But then they made peace with him, like in the Bush administration. And, you know, they, they like normalized him. And, you know, I think it was McCain, a bunch of people like Gaddafi was like, okay, he's doing our bidding now. He's not a rogue state. We're going to, they were like bringing him in the fold. I think it was partly so that he wouldn't develop nuclear weapons. And then they had that guy murdered. You know, they basically like either funded the rebels or did whatever they had to do. I can't remember exactly the Clinton. There's a whole thing in the New York Times about how Clinton fomented this thing in Libya. And now like all these 
countries kind of got the message, right? Like Saddam never had nukes. He got taken out. You know, Gaddafi never got the nukes. He got taken out. You're King Jong-un and your lesson is, dude, we can't ever give up these nukes because as soon as the next Hillary Clinton comes in or whoever it is, they're going to murder me, you know, just because it'll be something to get people riled up about and sell more weapons and shit. You know, we're, we're, uh, if we're not doing the U.S.'s bidding, they'll just take you out. And, you know, you want to keep your nukes. So when Bolton made the Libya comment, like, that's like existential, right? Like, that's like, well, if, if it's like Libya, then giving up the nukes is a fucking huge mistake. So that's probably why Trump had to be like, no, 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 it's not like that. Yeah, it's like literally the last thing he should have said. Like literally the last thing. But Bolton is like known to be a fucking idiot and sociopath. Right. That's kind of what I was saying. It's just right. like, yeah, right. It's just like... It's just, it's just words is what I was saying, but, but it's horrible. I, yeah, he couldn't have picked the worst comparison. Right, because, but he is truly like a sociopath. You know what's funny is that I don't know if Trump, I, this is probably giving Trump too much credit, but like you get people like Pompeo and uh, Bolton and all these psychos in your cabinet that people know are like warmongers, torturers, and you're like, if you're going to bluff to Iran to be like, you better give up this shit, otherwise you better make a new deal with us or North Korea. I mean, if you were smart, you would get a bunch of psychos that even the U.S. press was like, Oh, these guys are psychos. These are warmongers. Because then the foreign adversary who's obviously reading the news would be like, fuck, look who he's assembling. It's like getting the Hanson brothers and those dudes to play on your hockey team. You know, it's like you want to get a bunch of fucking maniacs out there to scare the other team. Um, I don't think he's that smart. I think he's just like so few people will serve with him. Trump just literally said he regrets Sessions. He just uh, said that. It's good. Sessions is like such a nutless monkey. Sessions is like the biggest pussy. He's like the most... You want to talk about racism in the Trump administration? That guy, like, back through the 80s, was, like, prosecuting black people and, like, putting them in jail way too long. He's very, very bad. No. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I might be wrong, but just to be clear, the point I was trying to make is I'm pretty sure Trump said that's uh, not comparable before Bolton did, the right. thing I saw. It wasn't, right. wasn't like he was forced to say it. He was saying that, like, oh, no, that's not at all. And then, like, weeks ago is what, or whatever. Well, it, was a, it was a really dumb precedent that we set, which is, like, if you don't keep your nukes, we're going to fucking kill you when it's convenient or when you disobey us or don't play ball with us. And, and drag you in front of the – I mean – there, you know that there are like rumors what happened to Gaddafi, right? No, no, it wasn't rumors on video. He got a bayonet up. <laughs> not rumors, sorry. I mean, not a bayonet. Like, there are bayonets, but he got like a something up to, you know, yeah. it was bad. It was not a, really good, way bad. To, not a good way to go. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yes, yeah. uh, that's, yeah. Uh, God, that made me think of 13 reasons why the season two. Anyway, um, that's all I got for you, uh, Liz. You have anything? You have anything else for me? Um, I'm watching this Brazilian uh, thriller on Netflix. It's called um, The Mechanism. Yeah, the mechanism is the English title of it. And it's about, it's kind of about what the shit, it's like loosely based on what's been going down in Brazil, which is crazy. I watched one episode, it's good. It's also helped me with my Portuguese because I've got English subtitles, but I'm hearing it. It's so fucking hard to hear though because they talk so fast. And it's also Brazilian Portuguese, but do what I can. But, but I recommend it even if you're not trying to learn the language. Cool, the mechanism. I haven't heard of it. I'll, I'll mark that down. Check cool. it out. Did you ever watch any of uh, Dark? Don't, nope, it's on my. Don't worry, uh, I, I, it's on there. Do your I, fucking I homework for this what podcast. What about Block ninety nine? I only asked you to. You, I, you're asking me a whole season of a show. What about <laughs> I, I was going to look for it. I didn't look for it yet. But is it, I don't think it's on Netflix. You told me it's not on Netflix. Oh, you don't have Amazon Prime. Huh? I think you Heather does. I think Heather does. So you see, Heather does. Okay. But it's it's. Um, I got rid of mine because there's no point in having two. But um, but I think you need a VPN to get Amazon overseas. I think uh, that's the problem. At minimum, you should Google it, though, just so you see the movie poster. I promise you won't be let down. All right. I'll, I'll Google it after the show. Uh, a couple things. Oh, um, if you guys like the show, please uh, feel free to give it uh, five stars on iTunes. I don't know why I fucking say that. I don't know what it does. Like, we have a bunch now, and it's like, it's cool. Like, we like it. But just do it. I, for some reason, 
Maybe it shows up in searches. Who the fuck knows? I don't know what the algorithm is. Um, and uh, spread the word. We're always trying to grow the uh, audience. All right, man. All right. Later, All right. Take care, yep. Don. Talk to you next week.